So my name is Chris Shoemaker, and uh, I live in Plaster Rock. So uh, I was invited uh, by Aaron to come and speak because he's on vacation. Now, I'm of the understanding that Aaron speaks about an hour, an hour and a half. So if you'll just allow me the liberty, buckle up, because this is going to be a two-hour service. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I want you to get your tithes worth, right? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, this message is going to be part two of a two-part message. You're like, wait a second, I wasn't even here for the first one. Well, too bad you should have been at Harvest House Plaster Rock last night when I preached the first half. But if you want to listen to that, go to the Christopher Shoemaker YouTube channel. It's right on there. It's your phrase for 2023. And I'll just give you just a little snippet. Your phrase for 2023 2023, you need to live by this phrase. Prepare like Noah. Stand like Daniel. And expect to be provided for like Elijah. You want to prepare like Noah. Because we don't know what's coming down the pike. So we need to prepare for all contingencies. We need to be prudent. We need to stand like Daniel because persecution is coming. And we can't recant or cower or shrink back. We need to stand firm like Daniel. And when all else fails and we've done all we can, we need to expect to be provided for like Elijah. Elijah was on the run. He didn't have time to grab a bug out bag. He didn't have time to prepare. He had to rely on the brook and the ravens and the widow to provide for him. So that was part one, and you can get the details on that by going to the Christopher Shoemaker, spelled with a K, YouTube channel. So this is going to be part two, but before we go any further, let's uh, open up with uh, a blessing and a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you for another day of life. We thank you for the clothes on our back, the shoes on our feet, the roof over our head, and the food in our bellies. We thank you for everything you've done for us, and we thank you for everything that you've given us. We not only thank you for your blessings, but we thank you, as James told us to do. We thank you and praise you for our troubles, our trials, and our tribulations, because that is our refiner's fire. That is what makes us more like our Messiah. So we thank you for all the things you allow to come into our lives, to draw us closer to you, to make us more like your son. Help us to be and do all that you want us and have us to. Draw us closer to you and to each other through you. Lead, guide, and direct us in the way that you would have us to go. For we ask and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 18 says, Lord, open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. I'm going to get one housekeeping thing out of the way and then we'll move on. Uh, this is a bilingual congregation. If I say Jesus Christ, you know who I'm talking about. If I say Jesus Christ, you know who I'm talking about. But if I say Yeshua, you're like, wait, who, who's that guy? Well, I am a Jewish believer, and sometimes I go to that default Hebrew setting. So sometimes when I say Jesus Christ, you'll hear me say Yeshua, the Messiah. So just know we're all talking about the same guy here. So don't, don't be alarmed if I say Yeshua the Messiah. I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm speaking a little bit of Hebrew. So 
The sermon yesterday at Harvest House was your phrase for 2023. Today's message is your two verses. Your verses for 2023. Grab yourself an index card. Write these verses down. Put it on your mirror in the bathroom. Put it on your refrigerator in the kitchen. Put it on your laptop, on your phone. Put it in your wallet. Laminate it. Put it to wherever you need it, to where you're going to see it the most. Because these two verses, just like the phrase, is going to carry you into this new year. So we're going to start out by reading in Deuteronomy. We're going to set things up. This sermon's going to be in three parts. So we're going to start out reading in Deuteronomy chapter 28. To sum up Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's the blessings when you obey God's word and the curses when you disobey God's word. So this is part one. We're just going to set you up for what we're going to be dealing with later in the message. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, why has the United States and Canada been knocked down on the rung of the ladder of the top dog nations? It's because we've forsaken God's commandments. We've forsaken his word. He said if we obey his word, he's going to set us high above all the nations. When the United States and Canada were Judeo-Christian nations, we were on the top of the world. We are getting bumped down little by little. So it says, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessings will tackle you, will overtake you like a linebacker if you obey God's word. So it says, blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall, your, shall be your basket in your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be when you come in. Blessed you will be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to, defeat, uh, to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. So if you obey the word of the Lord, it's almost like an insurance policy against your enemies. You will be attacked. Even Yeshua said, you will have persecution. But your enemy will depart seven different ways because they're going to be so scared because the Lord is going to be on your side and fight for you. The Lord will command the blessing in your storehouses in which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the peoples of the earth shall see you, shall see you and called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant plenty of goods in your fruit and in your body and in the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. 
The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season, to bless the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. That's been reversed. Do you know how much in debt Canada and the United States is to China? We are, we are now borrowing. We are no longer lending. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be uh, above only and not beneath. If you heed the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and carefully to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods and to serve them. God is a king. Therefore, he has a kingdom. Logic further dictates if he's a king and has a kingdom, he must rule by a kingdom law. His subjects must be uh, subjected to a kingdom law in order for him to have an orderly kingdom and for him to be king. It's right here. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 promises us that we will be blessed and provided for if we submit and obey to God's kingdom law. Now let's move on to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Matthew, Matthew 5, 17. This is the words of Yeshua, the words of Jesus. I'm going to wait till everybody gets there. I hear the paper rustling like popcorn. There we go. So he says, do not think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And that word fulfill means to bring the law and the prophets into its full, complete meaning and understanding so that we may live it out. That's what it means in the Greek and in the Hebrew. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away. Hang on a second. Trying to look out these frosted windows that, yep, yep, the earth is still there. The heavens are still above us. So for surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot. The word jot is actually the Hebrew letter yud. It is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It looks like a comma in English. It says not one jot or one tittle. A tittle is a decorative flair to make a Hebrew letter look fancy. So even the decorations on a Hebrew letter, Jesus says, he said, for not one jot or tittle will by no means pass away from the law until all be fulfilled. Whoever breaks one of the least of the commandments and the rabbis and sages say that the least of the commandments is not to disturb a bird's nest. That's considered the least of the commandments. Whoever breaks one of the least of the commandments and teaches men to do so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but so whoever teaches, whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's a tall order. The Pharisees, I mean, they, they kept strict to the letter of the law. That was their problem. Because they didn't keep to the strict letter of the spirit of the law. 
Oh, it was no problem for them not to jump in bed with another woman. That was easy. Much harder for them not to jump in bed with a woman in their head. That was the rub right there. And Yeshua, Jesus says, you got to do better than that. It's just not good enough that you just don't jump in bed with somebody else. Don't even think about it. So that's what it means by that. So Yeshua, Jesus, is the living manifestation of the written kingdom law. He modeled for us how to obey it correctly. So that we wouldn't, we wouldn't go off into legalism. We wouldn't go off into Phariseeism. Our obedience is a result of us being citizens of his kingdom. Now, let's go to James. Now, James is actually a nod to King James. Because actually, if we wanted to pronounce James in English, it would actually be Jacob. That was Jesus' half-brother, James, Jacob. So right after Hebrews, we got James. I've got a brand new Bible here, so I haven't gotten it broken in yet. So it may take me a little bit to get to where I'm going, too. So James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do you see, oh, I'm in James chapter 2. Here we go. James chapter 1, verse 22. But the doers of the word, what word? God's word. But the doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, which is God's word, and continues in it, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Well, that just confirms Deuteronomy chapter 28. You obey God's word, you're going to be blessed. That's what it says right here in James chapter 1, 22, verse 25. Now, the analogy given here is a man looking into a mirror. Now, what does a mirror do for an individual? It shows me what's wrong with me. It shows me if I'm having a bad hair day. Wait, wait a second. I don't have any hair. It shows me if I'm having a bad beard day. Right? I look into a mirror and I can see if I'm, if I'm groomed and kept. You know, I look in the mirror and, wait a second, is that broccoli in my teeth from last night? Oh, yeah, I need to brush my teeth. I need to floss. Oh, my goodness. Look at those dark circles under my eyes. Honey, can I borrow your concealer? <laughs> wait a second. Whoa, that's all bloodshot. I better grab some Visine. You know, so I wash my face and I clean up. So the mirror tells me what's wrong with me so I can correct it. The word of God is a mirror. When we read it, we may not like what we see when we read it because it reveals things about us that's off. Things that we need to correct. Things that we need to fix. So that's why we need to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. And it also says in James chapter 2, beginning with verse 14, What does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith, but not works, can faith save him? 
If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, or one of you says to them, Depart in peace, oh, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also by itself, or faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So faith without works is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with works? And by works, faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. So works is the proof of the pudding. It's the proof of your faith. We do not perform works to be saved. We perform works because we are saved. Works should be a natural result of that salvation process. We should automatically want to do and obey God as a result of our salvation. That kind of proves, in a sense, that we're saved. So it says that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. What did that belief lead Abraham to do? He was about to, to, to slit his son's throat. He believed so much that God had the ability to raise Isaac from a pile of ash. Because if you read in Hebrews, it says just that. God says, sacrifice your son, your only son. Well, wait a second, God. You said he's the promised one. He's the one that I've been waiting for. Now you want me to kill him? Well, if, you, if he's the promised one, then, then you must mean that if I sacrifice him, you're going to resurrect him. That, that's the only thing that makes logical sense. So he was about to slit his son's throat and present him as a burnt offering, which means hacking him to pieces and burning him to a pile of ash. And he believed that God was able to resurrect him from ashes. So he was about to put his faith into action by slaughtering his son. And that's when we know that the angel said, stop, there's a ram that you could use instead. So that's part one. Let's move on to part two. Part two is that the noose appears to be tightening around us. And only true, believer, true believers are going to understand what I mean. The noose appears to be tightening around us. Tyranny. Infringement upon our civil and religious rights and liberties. There's certain things that, 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 that the uh, powers that be says we can do and says that we can't do. And it's getting worse. I don't know if you've heard, but a precious sister... And Messiah Yeshua in the UK was arrested recently for a thought crime. That sounds like George Orwell's 1984, does it not? 
How can you how can you be arrested for thinking something? You can't even prove the person thought such and such a thing. But nonetheless, Isabel was standing outside of an abortion clinic with her head bowed. Police comes up and says, "What are you doing?" "I might be talking to God." "Ma'am, you're under arrest." If that wasn't crazy enough, she was charged with four counts of this, that, or the other. I, I, I still can't believe it. Being arrested for a thought crime. Persecution is hitting the UK. Now, the UK seems to be the trendsetters. Usually whatever happens in the UK entertainment fashion usually hits the Western world a year or so later. Whatever they're wearing right now in, the, in, in, the, uh, in Europe, we're going to be wearing in a year from now. So everything else kind of follows suit. So I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but maybe in a year or two, that same kind of persecution is going to come here to Canada. To where if you bow your head, you could get arrested for bowing your head. But we need to be like Daniel. Same thing happened to Daniel. There was a law that was passed. You can't pray to anybody but the king for a month. What did Daniel do? Did he run up to his room and shut and lock his windows and hide under his bed and say, Oh, Lord, I'm in my prayer closet. I'm just going to wade this out. We're going to be all right. No. It says that he opened his windows publicly towards the east, towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, as every Jew does, he prayed to the Lord. And those who, who enacted this conspiracy against him said, ah, we caught you. There was no loopholes, no way out of this situation. King, uh, the king knew he had been played. And reluctantly, he had to put Daniel in the lion's den. But of course, we know the story. He was saved and rescued from that. But Daniel resolved that he was going to stand for God, whether it meant life or death. Are you willing to be arrested? for bowing your head in public? Are you willing to be fined for handing out a tract? Are you willing to go to jail for witnessing to somebody in public in the street? Well, I'll just, the Lord knows my heart and I'll just keep. No, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. It's time to put up or shut up people. It's time to be a believer or just kind of be a wallflower and fade in with the rest of the world and just forget about this religious business. The economy, we're in a recession. Revelation talks about hyperinflation. Talks about that what it costs a day's wages for one quart of wheat. If you want to eat in the time to come, you're going to have to work a whole day just to eat one meal. Or if you have a family of three, you can buy barley instead and feed three people. So, I, I, I mean, I worked for a short time at the superstore here in Grand Falls, and I was only there for nine months. But in that short period of time, you know, I like the I go vanilla yogurt in the bag because I like to put it in a bowl and mix it with my granola. When I first started, it was about eight dollars, nine dollars. Within nine months, it jumped to twelve dollars. That's, that's crazy. Somebody told me yesterday they had to buy work socks. Six pairs of socks cost them $60. That's $10 a pair. 
I mean, I mean, I'd rather go to the dollar store and get some socks or something. I ain't gonna pay no ten dollars a pair. So you know, high gas prices. Everybody's like budgeting their gas. Well, do I really need to go here? But if I go here, I'm gonna double up on my trip. I'm gonna make all my stops. You know, so it's not always stop and go, and I can conserve gas. I mean, we're we're getting we're not getting raises. We're getting the same pay, but the price of living is going up. Rent has gone up. Some people have been homeless as a result. The, the price of food has gone up. Uh, do I eat today or do I get my medication? Do I pay my bills today or do I eat? There's layoffs, tax increases, debt, bills, repossessions, foreclosures, evictions, health crises, car troubles, legal troubles, wokeism. Racism and sexual immorality, cancel culture, you know, reinventing history, rewriting history. You know, our, our children are becoming wards of the state because they're being indoctrinated in the public school system. That happened to Daniel. He was in Babylonian University for three years. What happened to Daniel in Babylonian University? Did he get woke? Did he become a Babylonian? No, he still came out a Jew. Can't say that about most of our young people who graduate high school and go off to two to four years to university. They come back liberal woke people, denying God, denying their faith. So the noose is, is being tightened around us. Well... A little bit sorry that we invited you to speak. I'm feeling a little bit depressed, Pastor Chris. Boy, you're, you're such a downer. I mean, this is New Year. You're supposed to encourage us and make us happy. But I'm also, also supposed to tell you the truth. So now, part three. Hopefully we can wrap this up in a nice little bow for you. What? I've only been, what? 26 minutes? Hey, I got a whole uh, another hour. <laughs> and a half, yeah. Buckle up. No. All right. So, live this year by two verses. Live by the phrase, first of all, live by the phrase, prepare like Noah, stand like Daniel, and expect to be provided for like Elijah. Now, live your year by two verses. The first one is... Matthew 6.33. Let's turn there. Matthew 6.33. Whatever version you want to use, write this down. Put it on a post-it note, an index card, whatever. So, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek First, the kingdom of God. Remember I talked about how God is a king and he has a kingdom at the very start of this message? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is his righteousness? His righteousness is his word, which the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The written word became a living being. So it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, his, his law and his Messiah. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, what are all these things? Well, if you read above, Yeshua was talking about worrying about what you're going to eat. Worrying about what you're going to wear. Your daily bread, your daily needs. He says the pagans worry about those things. Look, birds don't have jobs, but yet the Lord provides for the birds. The grass of the field is clothed with flowers. It's not as beautiful as what Solomon wore. And then they only last a day and then they, they burn up in the heat. If the Lord cares for birds and for the grass, how much more so does he care for you? You want to be guaranteed that your needs, not your wants. Wants is just icing on the cake. But your needs, your daily bread. Paul said, if you have food and clothes, therewise be content. Why not shelter? Well, if you have friends, you have family, you always got a place to crash. If you have food and clothes, therewise be content. So it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, I like to say, all these things you stand in need of will be added unto you. I know. I know. Easier said than done. Faith is a hard thing. Believing is the hardest part. So let's live our life this year. 2023 by two verses first being Matthew 6:33 the second being Romans 8:28 for all things work together for good for them that love the lord and are called according to his purpose that's been quoted most of you have that one memorized but what is the context of Romans 8:28 to find out guess what book we have to go to Romans. So let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Now let's get the context of this by going to verse 18. This is the Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul, as his name is in Hebrew. He says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time, the suffering of this present time, are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, so the suffering of this present time. What does Paul mean by the suffering of this present time? He spells it out for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Boy, I'm making you turn the pages today, ain't I? 2 Corinthians chapter 11 We're turning pages so much, it reminds me of Bible sword drill. Anybody remember Bible sword drill? Bible sword drill was uh, when uh, the young people would get their Bibles, and they would hold it like this, and then somebody that would say, Matthew 10, 16, charge. And you'd go, and whoever found it first won. That's Bible sword drill. My favorite was every time somebody would be holding the Bible, and, and people they didn't know very well, Hezekiah 3, 4. You people are looking. Wait a second. Where is Hezekiah 3? There is no Hezekiah 3, 4. <laughs> so they always tried to stump the, uh, the soldiers of the Bible sword drill. All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 22. This is the suffering that the Apostle Paul is talking about. 2 Corinthians 11.22, are they Hebrews? So am I. 
Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. Stripes above measure, does that mean that he was like a sergeant in the army, had stripes on his sleeve? The stripes were the stripes on his back, where he had been whipped for the only reason of preaching the gospel. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Today we would say baseball bats. He was curb stomped. He was, he was gang banged. So, not, so, so he says, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Five times he was whipped. And then he says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned and not the marijuana kind of stoned. People were pelting rocks at him until they thought he was dead. And you know what happened after he was stoned and they thought he was dead? They all left. He wearily got back up. Brushed himself off, went straight back in, and continued his ministry. So he says, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Wow. And night and day I have been in, in the deep, in journey, and in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city. And perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches, who is weak, and am I not weak, who is made to stumble, and I do not burn with indignation? So this is the context of Romans 818, the sufferings that Paul was talking about. <laughs> we don't have anything to complain about, folks. Oh, they're about to shut my lights off. Oh, I'm going to lose my job. Oh, no, they're going to repo my car. Those things are bad. I'm not trying to belittle those situations. But have you ever been stoned? Have you ever been whipped five times? Beat with rods three times? Shipwrecked? Well, I've been in a car accident. Yeah, but have you been shipwrecked? Like, you know, with sharks and everything? I mean, we don't have anything to complain about. And then so Paul, in his suffering, he says, All things work together for good. For them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Shipwrecks. Beatings. Stonings. Betrayal. Hunger, nakedness, they all work together for good. Was Paul a crazy man or was he onto something here? There was a, there's a saying called Gamzu Latova in Hebrew. Gamzu Latova, this too is for the good. There was a rabbi that lived his life by that phrase, Gamzu Latova. He, 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 no matter what happened to him, he said, this too is for the good. And one day this rabbi was traveling, and he had with him a lantern. He had with him a rooster. 
and he had a donkey. He goes into the city. There's really no room for him there. So he's forced to go out and make camp in the woods with his lantern, his rooster, and his donkey. In the middle of the night, there came a big storm, blew out his lamp. Oh, great, I can't see. And then there was this lion that came out of the wilderness and, and ate the donkey. Great, I just lost my wheels. And then there was a fox that came in and killed the rooster. Well, great, now I can't have chicken. Or my alarm clock's busted. It started to rain. The weather was horrible. Gamzulatova. How can you say this too is for the good? When day finally broke, he went by himself back into the city. And he had discovered that during the night, that marauders raided that village. They killed virtually everybody in it and stole everything. If the wind did not blow out his lantern, they would have seen the light in the woods and say, hey, what's that? Let's go check it out. If his donkey was still living, they would have heard the donkey bray in the storm and they would have investigated and killed the rabbi. If, if the rooster would have crowed, the same thing would have happened. Truly, Gamzulatova. All things work together for good. Maybe you may know the story of Corrie Ten Boom. She was one who rescued many Jews from the Nazis, created a hiding place in her house to hide Jews from the Nazi incursion. Eventually, her and her family were caught. They were taken off into a concentration camp and was to be executed at some point in time. And Corey, in her memoirs and in her stories, thanks God for lice. What? Thank God for lice. I have to go to the drugstore and get this stuff to put on my head to get rid of lice. Thank God for lice. Yes, thank God for lice. Lice saved Corey's life and the life of the others that were in the barracks with her. Because what was going on is the Nazi soldiers would have their way with the women that were captive in the barracks in the camp. It just so happens that her barracks was infested with lice. The German soldiers were like, oh, we don't want no part of that. They were saved from abuse, from physical and sexual abuse because of lice. Gamzulatova. So whatever bad happens to you this year, you go by that verse, Romans 8.28, for all things work together for good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Whenever you have a need, remember Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You got a need, it's going to be met if you focus on his kingdom and focus on his righteousness. You won't have to worry. Will you lose your car? Maybe. Will your lights be turned off? Maybe. Will you be without food for maybe a day or two? Maybe, but that's good for some of us. Right? We could afford to use a, lose those extra pounds. But the Lord is always going to provide for you and meet your needs if you put him first. Because if you worry about these problems in your life, you worry about bills, you worry about layoffs, you worry about persecution, 
Who then just became your God? Who did you just start serving? You started serving the fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all the things you stand in need of will be added unto you. For all things work together for good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of our precious Messiah, Yeshua, we ask that you would enable us and empower us this year to live by the phrase, prepare like Noah, stand like Daniel, and expect to be provided for like Elijah. Empower us and enable us to live by the two verses. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Enable us and empower us to live by the verse, for all things work together for good, for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. We want to be successful, thriving believers. We just don't want to skim by or skate by. We want to live the abundant life. No matter what may come, no matter what we may face, you promised us in the Gospel of John that you came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. As believers, we are living so below our means, so below your intentions, Lord. And I'm not a wealth, health, prosperity preacher, but I know you want, to, want us to live more than we're living now. You want us to live in such a faithful way as our brothers and sisters that are in North Korea, that are in China, that are in Saudi Arabia, that are in communist and Islamic countries to where they, are, they cannot get jobs, to where they are on the move and on the run, where they only eat one meal a day, they only have one pair of clothes. They're being persecuted and chased and hounded by the authorities because of their belief. But are they crying? Are they, are they boo-hooing? Are they bellyaching? Are they, oh, woe is me? No, they're happy because they live by faith and they have an intimate and personal relationship with you and know how you provide for them on a daily basis. And we're so afraid to do that. Our persecuted brothers and sisters know that they're coming for us. They're not praying for our wealth or our prosperity. They're praying that we will endure as they do that we will live abundantly in faith as they do. So as we try to do that this year, help us not to forget our brothers and sisters who are suffering and enduring tribulation as we speak. Lead, guide, and direct us in the way that you would want us and have us to go and what you would want us and have us to do. And I will close by giving the ironic blessing May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Bashem Yeshua Moshinu in the name of Yeshua our Messiah. Amen.